Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome back to the Built for Playmakers podcast. I'm your host, Kelvin Hunt, editor of chopchat.com. Uh, those of you that are first-time listeners, welcome to the show. Those of you that have been rocking with me since the beginning, we appreciate you guys tuning back in. Um, just want to give you um, a heads up. Um, I posted this on, on Twitter, but uh, I am dealing with, I guess, some type of sinus issue or something. So my voice is uh, is kind of is kind of weird. And I said, man, I, I almost never get sick. And uh, I'm not really sick. I don't I don't feel bad. It's just um, like when I go to bed and wake up, like my throat's a little, you know, hmm, scratchy or whatever. And, um, you know, a little stopped up. And then as soon as I, I'm up and walking around, you know, every, everything is fine. So don't really feel bad. But um, if you hear me, you know, do a little cough here and there, then, you know, just just uh, just overlook that. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll go from there. I said it, it would it would be crazy that you know I've been off work since last Wednesday and as soon as I get off work, you know here here we go to deal with this stuff. But anyway, we're still gonna rock. Uh, a lot of a lot of stuff to discuss. Um, you know, going back to the uh, the the early signing day. Um, I think I think I kind of you know went over that a little bit um, after after that day ended though. Um, you know, we we did hear that um, Alex Atkins did officially get announced as the offensive coordinator, as expected. And I wrote about the impact of that on ChopChat.com, so you can check that out if you haven't already. Um, man, Alex Atkins is doing work, man. That guy, man, he he kind of saved the day there for the um, you know for the nose at the end of the day without the Julian Armella commitment. You know, it, it, I was thinking like, you know, they were talking about him pushing his commitment back or waiting to sign and all that. And I was just like, oh, man, it's, if that happens, it's probably probably not going to be a good look for FSU. But, you know, of course, we, we got the news at, at late that night around 10 o'clock, <clears throat> excuse me. And, um, you know, he, he committed and more importantly, he signed. And so that was a big get. Um, two two legacy recruits, him along with Aaron Hester. Of course, they missed on Marvin Jones Jr., but you know it is what it is. But I thought I thought that was um, a big time close for Alex Atkins. And then you know I talked about changing the narrative of the the early Sunday, right? And I said to do that, you got to go out and you got to land players, you got to you got to win games. Well. You know, Armello, you know, signing was was part of that. And then the very next day, um, you know, Alex Atkins went in his bag again. And, you know, here we go. We we get, um, you know, the Wisconsin transfer, Caden um, Lyles, you know, who should come in and, 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 you know, kind of plug and play type guy for one year. And, you know, prior to this staff, whenever, you know, FSU went into the transfer portal, you know, in – and don't take this as a slight to these guys, but, you know, we got uh, Devonta Lerv-Taylor from, you know, FIU. And, um, 
uh, who was it, Jay Williams? I can't even remember where he came from. And, you know, and it's like we we got these guys coming from from smaller schools, but you know, here um, uh, and recently we've been able to to land guys from other Power Five programs. So you know, we saw Dylan Gibbons come in um, last year. We saw Jermaine Johnson uh, from Georgia. We saw um, Kier Thomas and, and Jamie Robinson from South Carolina. Um, then you hear, then you have you know Caden Lyles. Uh, from Wisconsin, and of course, um, last night we got the news of Michael Pittman uh, from Oregon. So the staff is 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 done a really good job of of being able to land guys that are from you know from other Power Five programs, despite um, you know not having a winning record and, and things like that. So I thought I, you know I thought that's something notable that's that's different than in years past, and. Um, you know, we'll see who they, they continue to target. Um, and we'll talk about re- recruiting a little bit more as we get into this. But, um, you know, so two really big gets from the, um, you know, for Alex Atkins, um, Julian Armella, and uh, Caden Lyles there on the offensive line. Offensive line, man, is going to have a lot of good depth. And I, I anticipate they'll probably, you know, target one more guy. Um whether whether they you know believe they're going to sign Ontavious Woody or not, they'll probably get one more guy. And um, you know those guys, you know, barn, you know, unless they just have catastrophic in, catastrophic injuries, should be you know the offensive line should be you know the best it's been, man, in the last you know five or six years I think. Um, so that's something to be excited about. You know, with the news of Alex Atkins being promoted to offensive coordinator, then. You know, you had to replace um, Dillingham, you know, um, with with a quarterback coach, and of course they um, they promoted uh, Tony Tokars, who was an on the field coach um, at Memphis as a tight end coach there, and then he left that on on the field position to follow Mike Novell over to FSU, um, you know, as an uh, as an analyst. So basically, he took a demotion to follow. Mike Novell to FSU, and has been in analyst for um, you know the, the last couple of years. Been working um, a lot with um, AJ Duffy to you know help him learn the offense and things like that. And I saw a lot of um, a lot of negative stuff on the timeline uh, on social media, of course, with you know people boohooing the move and you know talking about FSU should have gone out and signed a, a big time quarterback and. And all of this nonsense, and you know, I I don't know. I know that's a small segment, a small percentage of of the fan base, but you know, you got to look at it in realistic terms. You know, at at my job, my my real real job, you know, I manage a team, and um, you know, there there are certain people that have been on my my team for a long time, and then I've had I've had you know people you know to to come on my team and then you know not be there as long. And of course, you know, you you as a as someone that manages other people, um, a, a guy told me a long time ago. He said the key to being a good manager is to hire people that you don't have to manage, right? So I have people on my team that have been with me for you know a few years, you know, four or five years or longer, and I I, I trust them. I don't have to tell them what to do. And whenever whenever and you can believe that the job's going to be done, right? So the same goes with with coaching. You know, for Tokars to follow Novell, take a demotion to follow him, you know, there's got to be a level of trust. 
um, there's got to be a level of trust for Novell, you know, to know that, hey, whenever an opportunity comes, then, you know, Tokars is my guy. Um, you know, so no, nobody knows better than Mike Novell the relationship that those, two's got, those two guys have and, and what, you know, what he's capable of. Now, I'm sure, I'm sure there's going to be, you know, some, uh, I don't want to say growing pains, but, you know, he, you know, a learning curve on the recruiting trail. I mean, he's been on the recruiting trail before as a tight ends coach. But, you know, it is it is a different level, uh, you know, when you're recruiting for FSU and recruiting for Memphis because you're going against, you know, better competition, um, you know, for the players that you're trying to go for. But, you know, you got to look at it this way. You know, Martinville is like, well, I feel comfortable with him as a person. You know, he, he fits well into the team. Um, you know, as a coach, I know he can coach. Um, you know, all of those things outweigh you know, um, whatever, I guess, uh, limitations he may have right now as a recruiter, you know, and what, what I would do is, you know, he's already observed, um, Alex Atkins for, you know, the last two years, you know, I would take everybody on my team who, you know, I, you know, who I'm going to keep, <laughs> I would, I would put them, you know, in a room with Alex Atkins and say, Hey, look, whatever he's doing, you need to do that. Right. Because, Alex, Alex Atkins don't miss man. That dude, that dude is a dog on the trails. And um, you know, if I was if I were Coach Norvell, I would tell Tony Tokar, "Hey, look, you need to stay with him, learn, suck up everything you can if you haven't already, and then you know begin applying whatever whatever you know he's doing. Apply it in your recruiting, and kind of just go from there. So I, you know, I'm fine with the move." Um, you know, if, if Norvell's already trusting Tokars to work with A.J. Duffy before Duffy ever even gets to Tallahassee, then, you know, that tells you a lot about, you know, kind of where that relationship is, um, you know, for for Mike Norvell. So, you know, we'll see. You know, I, I do believe um, they they need to, you know, I was saying they need to get an ace recruiter. Um, you know, Tokars, you know, he's still young, so he's got, he's got some proving to do, but, um, if they decide to, um, you know, to move on from from Ron Dugans, then they they got to get a dog, they got to get a dog on the trail um, from a recruiting aspect. Um, and talking about recruiting, um, I I wrote a piece. Um, what's today? Monday. So it posted on Monday, and actually I had just finished writing the piece whenever the Micah Pittman news broke. So I kind of had to, <laughs> I kind of had to go in and like edit it a little bit more. Um, and, and, you know, actually include that Pittman had committed. And, um, you know, um, I know a lot of people were looking at um, the recruiting class. I know some people were kind of, you know, negative about the recruiting class, you know, or nitpicking or whatever. Yes, they missed on wide receiver. Absolutely. Like, you know, that's why I'm talking right now. Like, you, you, you know, Ron Dugans, you, you. I posted on Twitter earlier today. I said, Ron Dugans is kind of like this. It's kind of like, you know, with signing Michael Pittman. Some people were like, well, maybe that's, you know, maybe that will save his job. And I look at it this way. You know, it's kind of like robbing a bank, getting away with it, you know, and then before you actually get caught by the cops, go back to the bank and try to give the money back. Well, you still rob the bank. So, therefore, you got to face those consequences of robbing the bank, right? Well, that's kind of 
how I see Ron Dugans right now. You know, you can't go you can't go an entire recruiting cycle and not sign one guy. And the one guy that you did have in you know in in your hand basically dogs you out. You know, uh, as he's as he was flipping to um, someone in your own you know conference division. You know, so um, you know you, you know you got to go you got to go after that. <clears throat> so they got to get a dog on the trail as far as that goes. But um, what I see them doing, you know, as I wrote on chopchat.com is, you know, using the transfer portal. The thing with it, the thing with missing that wide, at wide receiver and linebacker is it leaves you very little room for error when dealing with these players in the transfer portal. Um, you don't have much time to develop those relationships and do your due diligence with the transfer portal players, especially guys that you're trying to, to get to enroll in the spring. Um, now they did a really good job of it last year. You know, I wrote in the article that you know Jermaine Johnson didn't enter the portal until uh, like December twenty second. Um, Jamie Robinson didn't enter the portal until December twenty third. You know, Kier Thomas was in January when he entered the portal. You know, and so they got all of those guys signed and uh, enrolled them in the spring. So um, you're probably not going to have that hit rate all the time. You know especially the level that those three guys played at. Um, so that's why it is important to, to try to try to get, you know, uh, some quality targets from the high school ranks because you just don't know what's going to become available in the portal. Um, it's kind of just, you know, it's very fluid. And, um, you know, you, you know guys are going to enter the portal. You just don't know what quality of the guys going to enter the portal. Whereas you know, when you look when you're recruiting the high school players, you know you can kind of look like right now they're already looking at guys in you know 23, 24, 25, and you know projecting and offering those guys, and so you know you kind of have more time to assess and evaluate and you know form those relationships. Whereas with the portal guys, it's kind of like you know they're they're mercenaries, and you don't know exactly how they're going to fit into your program. You know, um, you know. You know, some guys are going to come in They're, You know, if they have one year of eligibility left, you know, they want to come rock out, you know, play well and hopefully, you know, get to um, get drafted in the uh, next year's draft. If things don't go their way, then you may have a guy that, you know, just want to check out and quit on the team. And of course, you know, that type of attitude can permeate through the locker room. So you, you got a lot of variables when you're dealing with guys in the uh, in the transfer portal. <clears throat> Excuse me, but. So far, you know, they have um, have done well. I think the additions of uh, Buzz Harris, um, Caitlin Lyles, and Michael Pittman um, should be three good additions. And I wrote about the difference in uh, Micah Pittman and uh, Andrew Parchment. Um, I know some people probably were wondering, well, you know, we, we had a guy in Parchment last year who we thought was going to come in and be wide receiver one. And, uh, of course, you know, things didn't work out that way. I didn't have the podcast at the time, but, I, you know, on Twitter and on ChapChat, I would always talk about, you know, me having concerns with Parchment not enrolling in the spring, not in, not getting to, um, you know, Tallahassee until um, late in the summer, early fall. You know, so he missed a lot of time, you know, a lot of reps, a lot of time to um, establish rapport and chemistry with your, you know, the quarterbacks and things like that. So. As I wrote on, on Chop Chat, one of the, the major differences is, um, you know, Pittman should enroll in the spring. He's got two years of eligibility left. And um, he can also punt return, uh, which is something that, you know, obviously FSU um, sorely needs. Um, they averaged less than five yards per punt return last year. 
which is which is ridiculous. And you know Pittman, you know he averaged um, right over ten yards per return um, on his fifteen um, attempts, I think it was. So um, so he adds a lot of value. Um, he's probably more quicker than fast, um, but whenever you're quick, you know that's all you need to create that separation uh, to get open. Um, you know whether you're you know running a slant route or um, you're running screens or, or whatever. Um, he's physical. He's compact. Um, He's a dog, man. You know, I I watched some of the the highlights with him, and uh, he he won a he he won a lot of contested contested battles, a lot of fifty fifty balls, and so that's something that you know we we haven't seen um, at FSU um, consistently over the last few years. So I thought that was a good pickup, especially um, since they had put a lot of time and resources into recruiting him. I know um, Kenny Dillingham had um, you know pretty much. Uh, took it upon himself to recruit um, Pittman, and, and shout out to uh, Kenny Dillingham. I saw that um, Pittman uh, gave an interview to um, it was either Two Four Seven or, or War Chant, and uh, he was talking about um, Dillingham was still kind of telling him FSU was a good fit for him, even though um, he was leaving FSU and going to Oregon. And um, you know, I, I'm not gonna lie, I, I even tweeted it um, Sunday night whenever um, the news broke that um, Auburn, Auburn. That um, Bo Nix would leave Auburn um, and go to uh, to Oregon, you know, and then I knew that Dillingham had been recruiting um, Pittman, and it had been you know a little while since Pittman had had visited FSU. I was like, man, you know, I, he might go to Oregon. You know, who knows? We hadn't heard from him, but then shortly after that, you know, we saw that he uh, committed to FSU. So I thought that was you know, that was big time. And also, uh, Pittman apparently is already recruiting. For FSU, I don't know if FSU is interested in, in the kid, but um, I I tweeted it or retweeted it. Um, uh, he's got a teammate from Oregon who is in the portal. He entered the portal um, about a week ago, I think it is, and um, his name is Jason Jones, and he's a he was a four star uh, recruit coming out of high school, and uh, he's originally from Alabama, and. Um, I, I don't know. It looks like, you know, he didn't sign with Alabama on National Signing Day, and he ultimately um, chose Oregon. And he played he played as a true freshman. And, you know, it's it's hard for um, a true freshman defensive tackle to get on the field. And, um, you know, he had, a, he had you know, okay production for a, um, a true freshman uh, defensive tackle. And he checks in at 6'6", 320 pounds. And, you know, uh, I, I don't know if he has an injury history or anything like that, but I was thinking that could be that could be a, a decent replacement for missing on Tyree West, you know, who ultimately chose Tennessee on, um, you know, early signing day um, last week. So maybe something to keep an eye on, um, you know. Um, Pittman was kind of like, you know, what, what you trying to do in um, – you know, Jones kind of gave him the, the, the eye emojis that FSU uh, fans are all accustomed to on Twitter, you know, kind of like, hmm, hmm. And, um, you know, maybe they were just having fun, but, you know, something to keep an eye on. Um, you know, that, you know, FSU, you, you can never have enough big bodies in the, um, you know, in the trenches. And, you know, we wrote about um, FSU having a number of spots available, um, for you know guys in the transfer portal and so you know it'll be interesting to see 
um, you know, who, who they begin to look at. Um, but let me give a shout out to um, um, our sponsor before I keep going on and on and forget. Um, shout out to um, betonline.ag. Um, so if you guys are into gambling, betting, I know the uh, the bowl games are, are, are going on right now. So make sure you head on over to um, the desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE50. That's B-L-E-A-V-50 to receive your bonus. Um, BetOnline.ag. Shout out to those guys. Um, been rocking with us um, for a little over a month now. Um, so good stuff there. But, you know, it's going to be interesting to see um, who FSU, um, you know, targets in the portal. Like I said, you know, they need to get as many guys as possible to enroll in the spring. Um, and a number of the guys that signed last week will be early enrollees. I don't know who they are right off the top of my head, but I want to say it's at least nine or ten, maybe maybe more than that. And enrolling early is um, is a huge benefit to those guys to get acclimated to um, how FSU does things. You know, they get some practices, some spring practices under their belt, um, get a head start in the um, weight room. Um, and one other thing I wanted to touch on was um, going back to wide receiver recruiting was um, Destin Hill. Um, I, t- I tweeted this earlier, and, um, you know, it look, it, there's reports out there that Hill – you know, he's delaying his uh, enrollment uh, until the summer. And, you know, I'm at the point now where I tweeted this. I said, look, if Destin Hill does not enroll in the spring semester, it's time to cut ties. Um, you know, I, I talked about it on the last podcast. You know, I don't care how high you're rated. You know, whenever you do enroll, your chances of being an impact player are relatively slim. If you, you know, if you've been away from the game for a year, over a year, and, you know, who knows if he's working out, if he's been on the football field, nobody knows what he's doing, where he is, you know, whatever. You know, if he were to enroll this spring, you could say, okay, well, he's been away from the game for a year or more, you know, but he's going to come in, you know, he's going to go through practice, you know, he's going to get involved in the strength conditioning program, He'll have the summer, you know, he, he'll he probably still not be an impact player for, you know, the 2022 season. But, hey, he's on campus. He's making progress, you know, whatever. But if he doesn't enroll in the spring and he, and he did, you know, for, by, you know, act of God, enroll for the summer, you know, then you could pretty much X out the 2022 season of him being a contributor at all. Because he's not going to know the offense. He's not going to be in game shape, you know. And, you know, it's in my opinion, it's, it's going to be a waste of a scholarship if they continue to to count him in any type of numbers that they're looking at um, with that wide receiver group. You know, if if, if they contact him or, or his family or whatever and, you know, they say, hey, he can't enroll in the spring. It's going to be the summer. You know what I would, what if I were the coaches, I would say, look, you know, we 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 want to respect, you know, what's going on with you and the family, whatever it is. You know, we we've, we've been by you by you this whole time, but at the same time, you know, we we got a job to do, and you know, hey, if you ever get 
you know, you know, locked in and ready to enroll or whatever, hey, give us a call. Until then, you know, good luck with everything. It sounds like you have things that are going on that are more important um, than going to college and, you know, playing football. So we want to respect that also. Um, you know, we're here for you, but we're not, we're not actively counting you anymore, right? And, you know, and if he, you know, if they call and say, hey, we're ready and they want to come in, then you say, hey, okay, we might give you a preferred walk-on spot or something because it's been, you know, over a year and a half. You know, it maybe it'll be two years. Um, can you really – do you even know what you're getting at that point? You know, so that's something I think the coaches, you know, probably need to assess and, and make a decision on because um, they – as I wrote in the piece as far as um, the recruiting strategy to close this class strong, you know, they cannot afford to waste scholarships – um, with these remaining spots. You know, they took a few flyers last year. Um, Marcus Cushney, you know, they kind of offered him as a preferred walk-on. And uh, the only er only other offer he got was Purdue. And he committed to Purdue. And then whenever FSU uh, changed his offer from a preferred walk-on to uh, an actual scholarship, then, of course, he flipped to FSU when he enrolled. But, of course, you know, he had – little to no impact this year. I think he saw that. I think the coaches saw that. And so he was like, okay, well, you know, they had a conversation and, you know, he re-entered the, you know, transfer portal. Um, and they took, you know, they took, um, uh, was it Brandon Moore? You know, I, I never liked that take when they took, when they took him last year. Um, you know, he left without, 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 excuse me, without ever playing a down um, for FSU, you know, so those are the type of situations they got to avoid. You know, they got to they gotta hit these guys out of the park. Now, it could be a blessing in disguise because, as I talked about, you know, these freshmen, um, for the most part, that are signing, you know, you got a couple, McCall, uh, Thomas, um, those guys will probably play, um, especially if they are early enrollees, and I think they both are, um, you know. But for the most part, you know, all, all the other freshmen are not gonna, you know, you know, not gonna make an impact this fall. So, what you need is, um, with these transfer guys, you know, they can actually come in and probably play. You know, um, it's just like, you know, the coaches make a decision to bring in Jermaine Johnson, Keir Thomas, and Jamie Robinson last year. If they didn't bring those guys in, then they would be dependent upon um, Patrick Payton, uh, Quayshawn Fuller. George Wilson, who weighed all of 195 pounds or whatever. So, in a sense, you know, getting transfer portal players can make you competitive, more competitive on the field while you allow those younger guys to develop. The only problem is with, with the wide receivers and linebackers that FSU didn't bring in, you don't have the younger guys that are de developing while you bring in those transfer portal guys. So you kind of need to find guys that are in the transfer portal that have multiple years of eligibility left. Um, so like Pittman has two years, uh, and they'll probably look to, to bring in probably two linebackers from uh, the transfer portal. But, you know, so that's kind of the, the gift and the curse. It's, you know, you, you need to, to hit those high school guys, um, but you also got to have, um, you know, transfer portal guys when you're FSU shoes so that they can kind of have time to develop um, while the guys from the portal are playing. You know, that's kind of what you saw 
um, last year at the defensive end position. So it's it's a fine balance that they that they gotta they gotta rock with. But you know, I'm, I would be all for you know you missed you missed a linebacker, you missed a wide receiver. You know, I would finish in 2022. I would just say, hey, go all transfer portal, and you know, see who you can get. Um, at you know the, the respective positions that you need, um, I've talked about them before. Um, you know, linebacker, wide receiver, defensive end, probably another offensive lineman, quarterback, so forth and so on. And then whatever time you had, you, you were going to spend on you know high school guys remaining that haven't signed yet. Um, you know, for whatever reason, you know, uh, like go to linebacker Daniel Martin, you know, EJ Lightsey, for whatever reason they they didn't like those guys enough to, to heavily pursue them because those guys didn't sign. They're still out there, but they're not, you know, it doesn't seem like they're really pursuing them. So, you know, what I would say is, you know, don't waste your time with a high school guy who's not going to make an impact anyway. Um, go ahead and you know target all transfer portal guys, get who you can get, and then, you know, whatever time you want to spend on the high school guys, divert that to – guys that are 2023 and beyond uh, from the high school ranks um, I think that's going to be best use of their time so you know we'll see um, I would pay attention to who they are able to uh, get on campus between now and um, January 1st and then I, I think FSU classes start um, I know where I work the classes start January 10th um, so I'm not sure when FSU's classes start, but I know they'll have some time right after the new year to um, to ultimately um, get some guys enrolled um, like they did with uh, Keir Thomas last year. So um, so this week leading up to um, the, the end of the year and then the first week in January, um, we'll probably see uh, more some more guys hit the transfer portal uh, once their teams finish, you know, if they're playing in bowl games or whatever. And uh, as I spoke about in the piece um, I posted this morning, you know, we'll we'll see more and more guys enter the portal um, once spring practices are done. You know, that's that's where FSU targeted Dylan Gibbons and uh, the Kane Madden guy who ultimately went to Notre Dame. You know, it was um, like May when those guys entered the portal. So, so they got some time to to finish out the class. You know, preferably if they can get you know as many guys as possible to enroll in the spring. Um, that would be great. If not, then you probably can get, you know, a, a defensive end, um, offensive tackle. You know, those are positions you probably can get away with um, those guys not, you know, not enrolling in the spring because as a defensive end, it's, you know, sit the edge, rush the passer. You know, you don't have to worry about learning the ins and outs of the offense and what route to run and all that good stuff. And, um, you know, so we'll see how it shakes out. But um, my voice is, is, is probably sounding really crazy right now. So I'm going to go ahead and cut it here. I just wanted to um, get something out to you guys. Um, me and the uh, wife have a Christmas dinner to get to. And so going to get ready to go to that and try to save the, the, my voice as, as, as best I can. But um, again, appreciate you guys rocking with us. Um, last episode was the largest episode we've had. Um, so continue to keep spreading the word, um, follow us on Twitter, um, and uh, really appreciate it. It's a lot of fun getting on here talking about um, FSU sports, and um, uh, make sure you uh, check out um, betonline.ag, our sponsor there, 
And um, we'll look forward to talking with you guys soon. Go Nose. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.